It's a little-known fact that Cheerscast is a proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. Just a coffee, please, Coach. I can do better than that for you, Cliffy. Will somebody go upstairs to Melville's, please, and get this man a bowl of hot soup? What happened to the heat, Coach? Oh, some minor malfunction that no one here is skilled enough to even attempt to fix. Diane, I resent that. I'm kind of a handy guy. I'll have you know, just the other day, I uh, changed one of them... Uh, what do you call them? A light bulb? Light bulb, there you go. Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see. Our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. Hello and welcome back to Cheerscast, the podcast where everybody knows your name. I'm Ryan Daly, and joining me once again is Marlene Stemmy. Welcome back, Marlene. Hi, Ryan. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for coming back. Is this your third time? Yes, it's my second time in season three and third time overall. Yeah, great. Good. Cool, cool. All right. Uh, I'm going to have to start coming up with some sort of like initiation rituals or, or jackets or some sort of celebration when people start coming back a number of times. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, all right. And Marlene is here for Season 3, Episode 17, The Mail Goes to Jail. This episode is written by David Lloyd, directed by James Burroughs. The original air date was Thursday, February 7th, 1985. Winter has come to Boston, and Cheers is freezing because of a blockage in the heating vent system. The bar isn't the only thing afflicted by the weather, though, as Cliff is barely able to shamble in, too sick to complete his mail route. Norm volunteers to deliver the last couple letters on his way home, and Cliff reluctantly agrees. A couple hours later, having rested in Sam's office and dined on Melville's soup, Cliff is feeling much better until a police officer shows up looking for him. The cop tells Cliff that Norm was arrested for mail theft, and Cliff, terrified of losing his job, does not immediately clear his friend's name. When the gang finds out, they turn on Cliff, who tries to justify leaving Norm's fate to the authorities or risk losing his job with the post office, which is more than just his livelihood, but his entire reason for being. At last, under pressure from the others, Cliff calls his boss and explains the situation. Cliff gets a 30-day suspension, and Norm is let out of jail. But that doesn't stop Norm from wanting to kill Cliff for leaving him there all day long. At last, Norm forgives Cliff after the latter is willing to debase himself in front of the bar, and of course, to buy Norm a beer. In a subplot to the story, Diane climbs into the ventilation shaft under the bar to try and fix it, but winds up getting stuck. While Sam tries to get her out of there, Carla thinks of schemes to torture the trapped Diane. All right, Marlene, what did you think of The Mail Goes to Jail? I really enjoy this episode. It's not one that I find to be just hysterically funny where I'm just laughing at every line said and every you know character moment and so forth. But I like the wintry atmosphere of it, and I like how the weather really gives the both. I think that 
gives Cheers a sense of place. I always enjoy the seasonal episodes, and I particularly like the wintry ones, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just, you know, you have all the snowy street scenes and so forth that give it, I think, a lot more character. And then all of the stories are sort of a result of the weather, which I think is unique and just, I don't know, it, it makes it enjoyable in a different way than a lot of other episodes are enjoyable. Yeah, they do. Every once in a while, they're able to play with, like, weather, whether it's, you know, so oppressively hot outside or it's cold mm-hmm. or if, like, you know, the bathroom is broken or something and they have to right. line up to go to the bathroom at Melville's. <laughs> Whenever they're able to kind of play around with the general atmosphere and, and the like, the setting and location, even if they can't change it, you know, it does give it more of that real lived-in kind of feeling, um, mm-hmm. and it kind of lets you in. So with this one, definitely, the, I mean, it starts off as it's just a really cold place, and where they bring it to the fore is they actually keep Diane off the screen for almost the entire second act mm-hmm. um, with one sort of manufactured like shot where overhead where it makes it look like she's in the floor because uh, they built up a little thing around her. Um, but then for the rest of it, it's just like this the open grate on the floor, and you just kind of hear her voice, ghost-like. Uh, and right, we'll talk about- and Sam talking to her and so forth through mm-hmm. that. But yeah, yeah, I, I think it's right. Yeah, not not a hilarious episode. I didn't find it as quotable. And I was actually, I was struggling with what would end up being my home run, not because it was like an unremarkable episode. It was just like there wasn't one that just obviously leapt out. There are a couple that I really enjoy, and we'll, we'll you know talk about those. Um, mm-hmm. And it's yeah, it's funny. It's I find this a very enjoyable episode. I watched it three times in preparation for this, but it does have kind of a that's an unusual one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is, and it's like you said, it's you know, it's not like one joke after the next. I mean, no Cheers episode is just joke, joke, joke. Mm-hmm. It's all character base and we've talked about that i think a little bit before on a previous episode but i think this one especially is more just about like what's going on at the bar as a result of the weather and everybody sort of being in there together and responding to the stories that are happening because Mm -hmm. the weather yeah uh so going through the episode our teaser we start off again coming back to the subplot uh one of the tertiary barfly the basically this season's tertiary barfly this guy named larry um, who's been in a couple of episodes, he asks Norm if he's gotten Vera pregnant yet. Um, right. And he, like Norm's like, you know, I, I wish the old days when people would ask me about like football or stuff like that. Right. Um, and he confides that, he, after actually like talking to Cliff about it, Norm confides that they have seen a fertility specialist about the fact that they haven't gotten pregnant after all these months. And he hid Norm's like, I don't really trust this guy. You know, he's he's having Vera sprinkle rhino horn over his breakfast, <laughs> right. breakfast suit or something. Rhinoceros horn. That was <laughs> yeah. hilarious. Yeah. And they're like, well, is it had a, I think, like, Coach is like, has it had any effect? Is it making you feel, like, more virile and, and amorous? He's like, no, but I have had the, fe- I have wanted to charge a Jeep every now and then. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, Which for Norm says a lot. Because Norm, you know, I mean, he's he sits at Cheers and he drinks beer and he kind of, you know, sometimes delve into his life philosophy, but he's not the type of a person that's going to go and charge a Jeep. So I, I thought that that was a funny <laughs> expression for him. It does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So when we come back from the, from the opening titles and you're right, I love whenever they'd have like the, the exterior shots you know, of, of the city. And in this case, they show the snow and the, the bluster mm-hmm. and you can tell that it's cold. Uh, Norm comes in, it's freezing. And they tell him that the furnace works, but there's no heat coming through the vents. 
Uh, Norm, of course, wonders when Sam is going to fix it, and we set up for this like sort of delayed punchline that Diane keeps being offended that everyone is waiting for Sam and no one is taking the initiative. And right. uh, she's like, "Would you wait for Sam if the building were on fire?" And Carlos responds, "Like she, they have their emergency exit plan. Everybody leaves in an orderly fashion after nailing Diane's right. hair to the bar." <laughs> right. <laughs> Oof, that right. Was, that was intense. That was it. Was a good comeback, and already at this point, I see Diane's point. But I'm like, well, you could also show a little Yankee ingenuity. And I felt like she was complaining that the men were not showing Yankee ingenuity. Although I'm perhaps reading into that, but no, I, I think we'll I mean, I, I and that's the thing when like when the second because she does bring it up again a second time later on, and then basically she kept complaining so much that like, well, why don't you do something about right. it? Right, because she right. was the skinniest one. She could fit in the vent, so her own. I don't even want to know what to talk about. Her own attitude ends up costing her by sending her. She mm-hmm. has to defend her position. So she goes right. into the vent and gets stuck. <laughs> right. It is perfect payback. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. Um, before that, though, we see Cliff comes into the bar, you know, just kind of barely making it in. He just comes into rest. Um, yeah. I actually like the point that they, they clarify that he won't drink while he's on duty. He's mm-hmm. just coming in there to get out of the cold and to kind of right. like rest. And they're like, we'll give him like a, you know, a shot of something. We'll warm him up. And he's like, no, no, right. we'll never touch alcohol while I'm on duty. And I'm like, and I'm trying to say, because it's he says to- nothing will touch these lips. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> One thing that will never touch these lips. Cause then that says Carla to yeah. what she say? her She's line. Like, something you mean something would want to or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was well done. Because it's easy to forget, you know, because Cliff is always wearing his mail carrier uniform in the show when he's at the bar. Uh, yeah, so it's easy true. to forget that he's, he's you know, off duty or he's finished his route. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure they're 100% faithful to this for all 11 seasons. I, but I'd have to go back and check. Yeah, that's a good point. I feel like it was a little... I, I, yeah, I don't remember earlier on. I feel like it was a little bit more lax later on, though, for sure, with that. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I mean... Yeah, I, de- I definitely know that at one point, well, certainly at the v- towards the very end, like the the beginning of season eleven, when the bar is not, when the uh, bar burns, uh, mm-hmm. he's got his mail bag there the behind bag the bar. Was, and he's left full. it there, I yeah. think. I can't yeah. remember that. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, but anyway, so I, I did kind of like that. I did like how like up uh, like forthright he is that you know he's not going to drink while he's on duty, and then again. Coach kind of like having like the great idea is like you know would somebody basically asking would somebody go up there and, to Melville's and get this guy man some hot soup and we see mm-hmm. some woman goes up the stairs right after he says that like presumably answering that call and I really like that little detail that they're taking care of their own here I do too although I think Norm comes back with the soup and maybe she brought it and then he delivered it to Cliff I'm not exactly sure about that but that I think that's a great point because Coach is asking for someone to help Cliff at the beginning and they're all being loyal to Cliff. Mm-hmm. When he's sick, and then you know later once he behaves poorly, they flip on him. <laughs> exactly, you know, exactly. and their loyalty it doesn't shift, but like they're still loyal. It's just like loyal to the the person that's been wronged, I guess, in either situation. Right. right. Um, we get Diane's second, you know, talking about how no one is capable of fixing the heat, and mm-hmm. and Norm is like, "Hey, I resent that remark. I'm a pretty handy guy." Well, just the other day, yesterday, I changed one of them. Um, and he's like making this hand gesture. He's like, the hand gesture. He's like, what you call it? <laughs> Carlos like light bulb. He's like light bulb. Yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> and, and yeah, and Cliff has to explain that you know he can't take sick leave or he he refuses to take sick leave. And Carlos points. He's like, right. didn't you use it all up for your trip to Florida? And he gets really defensive. Of course. But yeah, you got a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
But that's it. Like this is the beginning of Cliff seeing himself. I think as this valorous postman. Mm-hmm. You know, like everything he thinks he's doing is, you know, very ethical. Or it just he wants to present himself that way. Starting off with it being this matter of principle, and you have to be on the verge of death to call out sick. Right, know? right. And then it actually leads to one of my one of my more favorite gags in the episode is when you know Norm is volunteering to do it, and, and Cliff is like, you know, you don't have the training, and Norm is like, training. It's like a chimp could do this. <laughs> yes. And of course, when you say something like that, naturally Cliff is going to get offended, and he's going to take umbrage with that. But I love what his response is. The University of Michigan did a study. He's like a study of chimpanzees delivering the mail, and he said. The chimps were thirty percent, thirty-two percent slower. Right, and then the better at customer relations. Yeah, better at consumer relations. <laughs> That's what, so okay. This is going to be you know a little bit of a um, spoiler alert. That is probably one of it's in my the running for my home run. Yeah, yeah, that was a, I the, really like the study. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, once then then Norm leaves and Cliff goes down the office and we finally finally Sam shows up with. Bambi, of course. Mm-hmm. Not, not still in of, her ski outfit. Still in I her noticed. ski outfit. Oh, yeah. Still yeah. in her parka and everything. And they've been away for the weekend at the ski lodge. And we find out through some dialogue and some egging on with Diane. She's like, did you actually manage to do any skiing? And Bambi's like, no. You know what? Somebody stole our skis when we got mm-hmm. up there, as soon as we got there. But then the weirdest thing is they brought them right back and put them on the roof of Sam's car when we were leaving. Yeah. And... It- This is uh, (laughs) Sam is just amused. He's just kind of smiling and nodding along with her. You know, he's just like like, when when I tried to defend Sam's womanizing. This is one of those things where it's harder, and it's like, yeah, really to be with a woman this this dumb and this. But I mean, that doesn't seem to have a problem with it. I mean, she's very cheery. She's very friendly. I mean, she's not. And when she leaves, she's going to. Boston University to take part in a fraternity prank, mm-hmm. which, from the sounds of it, has some sort of sexual connotations, at, at least. Yeah, because um, doesn't Sam say that she's... He tells Diane. He's trying to make her sound smart. Yeah, he, he's tutoring. Yeah, he's trying she's to, like, some, of the boys. some of the boys. Like, yeah. she, and I thought that the actress that played Bambi really did this well, because she is dumb, mm-hmm. the character. But just the timing of her remarks and so forth, I thought was perfect, because she pauses and she's like, well... In a way, yeah. I, I can't do it. But just the way that she did that line, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought she did a good job with a dumb character role, basically. You know. Yeah, the actress so. is uh, played by uh, the actress who plays Bambi is named Deborah Richter, um, and she had lots, a lot of small parts in the '80s TV shows, um, kind of like tons of IMDb credits. Mm-hmm. Um, more recently, looks like she's got some recent credits too, but they're more of like doing kind of. YouTube shorts and videos and things like that, and some of them that looks like she may have produced herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting, yeah. Didn't hmm. didn't do a whole lot, but definitely did a good job playing that type of part. So okay, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, she certainly did here. So. Yeah, yeah. Then once Sam is like once she leaves, then Sam is actually going to start working on the vent and everything. And he takes his flashlight and looks down in the vent and tries to like do everything. And he's like, "Well, you know, I've tried everything I know how to do." And right. goes, you shined a flashlight on it. He's like, "Yeah, that usually works too. This one has yeah. been stumped." But the whole time he's doing this, she's hounding him about Bambi. Like mm-hmm. he moved on, and she keeps it up about you know. I mean, maybe you're going to mention this all right, like next, but like the the name, I guess, like saying it's better than Dumbo or Goofy. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. Saying what was it she said about it's not? She noticed that Bambi wasn't the same little deer that Sam left with. So she's really 
no, I wouldn't say fishing, but she's really playing this up. Yeah, and yeah. And kind of like actually, teasing him. Yeah, and he mentioned that he, he started, he left for the weekend with a woman named Cindy, but he mm-hmm. thought she was too dumb. <laughs> right. Whew, that's, that's hard to Wasn't imagine. Was his but, intellectual equal? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, she, he wanted somebody his intellectual equal. And Diane has a great line. She's like, I could have introduced you to something growing on my shower curtain. Yeah. Cool. So it's like it's, get, to me, it's like it's Sam and Diane doing their sort of, you know, like post relationship fighting thing, but it's not really heavy handed. I thought it was like just enough, I would say, you know, to kind of get that in there. Yeah, and it's funny, like it seems like Sam, Sam, and maybe maybe Diane feels like Sam goes out of his way to bring his women back and mm-hmm. kind of show them off in front of Diane to kind of show her how how happy and content he is and how much he has moved on. And she just has to keep needling him about it. Like once, if he's going to bring them, she's going to show him how ridiculous he looks dating these women. Yeah. Um, and, sense. you know, like keep pulling the hole. So yeah, it is the, it is kind of the nature of their post relationship status. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then the the cop shows up uh, to talk to Cliff once once Cliff comes out of the office and he's feeling better, um, and the cop is played by Troy Evans, who is one of those character actors who you've seen in everything. He's got nearly two hundred credits on IMDb. Um, he was a long recurring character on ER. He was on the show China Beach, Twin Peaks. He was in movies like Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, Demolition Man, tons of stuff. Um, Superman fans will know he played Bibbo on the show Lois and Clark. Um, gosh, just tons of stuff. Um, but this was fairly earlier in his career because he, se- he seemed much younger and slimmer uh, when, he's, mm-hmm. when you see him in this. Yeah. He looks familiar. I don't remember what else he's been in offhand, but he looks really familiar. I, I swear, if you if you look him up on IMDb, you've seen tons of stuff that this okay. guy's in. He's just he's yeah. always there and he's always around. Um, and I love it when he's talking to Cliff when Cliff is pretending not to know Norm. He's like, but he's like, he's like, oh yeah, this guy's been following me around. You know, he's he's a re- rejected or dejected. Um, Postal carrier and everything. Frustrated man. Yeah, and he's like this norm guy. Yeah, he's a portly fellow, right? And and the cop is like, yeah, full size. And I love that. I'm so glad you mentioned that because that was a. It was sort of a quiet. He said it quietly. You could miss it if you weren't paying attention. But I thought that was that that was one of the hilarious moments. Like full size, and he does kind of like the hand motions yeah. of a full size person. Yeah, and nor and uh, Cliff calls him Patterson, and he's like, oh, yeah, he, he, the cop corrects him, Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> And like yeah. shows him in his notes and everything. Like, oh yeah, like no, like Cliff was doing a good job of protecting it. Yeah, yeah. He also didn't Cliff also make up the condition of postal envy when yeah. he talks about the frustrated yeah. mailman. Assuming that's not a real thing. Assuming, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Maybe it is. I I, I, I can't imagine. <laughs> no, if it is, it probably started with cheers, and then they just assigned it to people after this episode. Yes. Yes. Um, and I love it when he when he um, when uh, he's trying to get Sam out of the bar before Sam can like explain to everybody else what's going mm-hmm. on. When he's like, "Hey, you want to shoot some stick?" I, I've always loved that term, that like phrase for playing pool: shoot some stick. Stick, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I would say I don't mean to interrupt you, but like the timing of all the way all these stories come together is really well done too. I think in the writing of the episode because you have Sam not knowing what's going on, so then that can 
you know, sort of like extend Cliff's lie a little bit further. And just like as the characters come and go and like they don't know at points that Diane is under the floor. So all of that just works out really well throughout the episode. And here, especially like we have you know, kind of postpone this reveal to Sam that Cliff has betrayed Norm, essentially, because Sam doesn't know that Norm has volunteered to take the letters for him, you know? So it just kind of, it sets up all the characters really well. Yeah, and it makes it feel like a lot happens in the first half of the show. Um, mm. Just between, like, the timing, because you're right, because, yeah, Norm comes in first, and then Cliff comes in, and he's sick, and Norm has to leave then. And then Sam comes in, and... Uh, but at that point, Cliff is already, like, in his office and everything. Right. And then Sam finds out what's going on, and then Cliff comes out, and Cliff meets the cop, and then Sam has to find out about that, but he doesn't have all the information. So you're right. So by the time, like, you know, we get, to, like, halfway through this episode, it feels like a lot has happened. And the second half it feels like they're drawing more out and there's a lot more just kind of like waiting for how long because by the end of like the first act, like everybody knows what Cliff has done. So it's just like, mm-hmm. how long can they draw him out and and force him to do the right thing and and confess and call his superiors? And maybe it just feels like they take way too long to get to that point because and they have to keep on delaying it by giving us these things with diane being in the floor that's yeah that's probably a good point too um because i find that it's amusing and it's sort of the comic relief but it does it draws out cliff's mm-hmm. i guess disloyalty or whatever like he's sort of making a decision right which i i do like when once we come back and cliff is on the phone trying to trying to hire a lawyer and he's like you know this is my, my best friend money is no object right. how much for one guy <laughs> and how does he like when he's hanging up he's like, like stick your written your briefcase <laughs> yeah. you ambulance chaser doesn't he call him an ambulance something like that <laughs> and he tells the others let's let some hungry young public defender take this one make right. his name on this one yeah, yeah. um so yeah, so once Diane is stuck in the vent, we like Carla comes keeps coming back with these things. She's like starting off with an egg toss, three for a nickel, mm-hmm. and and Diane's like, Sam, you're not gonna let her. Aren't you gonna do something? He's like, You bet, I'm gonna do something. He's like, I've only got a dime. <laughs> like, let me get six eggs. <laughs> right. so. And then he kind of when she's like Sam and sort of you know offended and so forth, taking her back. He's it doesn't Sam says something like, Oh Carla, how could you suggest such a thing? And he's just sort of like humorously fake proper about it with Carla, you know, reprimanding her and so forth. So he's having some fun with it. Right, 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 yeah. And when he has to go down to the basement to uh, to get to try and reach the vent, she's like, Make sure you close the gate. I almost got stepped <laughs> on. She's like, somebody with these adorable heels. Yeah. Yes, and then there was a little I wasn't quite sure what it was, but there's like a little verbal thing, like it's all right or whatever. When he shut the vent, I couldn't quite hear what they were saying. Yeah, but it's, I, I he lifts it up like, again to see if she's okay. He's like, it's all right, it's all right. But they did it in like a like a funny voice. It was like a senior Wences type of thing. Like, they, yeah, it was. They were like, it, it was. In, he was doing the imitation, and she was giving it back to him, like an old old joke. Yeah, I think that's yeah. what it was. And I really enjoyed that. I thought that that was kind of like a. I, I like that small fun moment between them in that yeah. situation. And she was more laid back about it than I would assume Diane would be in that situation, which I also liked. Right. Until Carla started talking about rats in the fence. Oh, no, right. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, with when, when we get Al, when we bring an Al into the situation, and I'll probably save that for my home run. But, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, yeah. So, again, uh, it, it takes us a long time to get there, but eventually – 
Norm or Cliff is once he or yeah after he after it's a unanimous decision <laughs> or a that is decision. a good part too. <laughs> we'll all talk about it, yeah. Once once everybody kind of eggs him on, Cliff finally calls and he he can he reports to his supervisor, confesses what happened, and mm-hmm. and Cliff get, or Norm is released from jail, and everybody warns nor everybody warns Cliff that Norm isn't going to be happy with him and he's going to come after him. And Cliff is like, ah, it's no big deal. When the door opens... Right, it's like his forgiveness won't long be withheld or something like that. He's just so confident that Norm is going to be magnanimous in this situation. But once Norm comes back, I mean, you said it was hard to imagine a guy like him charging a jeep like a rhinoceros. (laughs) Norm and Cliff move really, really fast Mm -hmm. in this scene when they're running around that bar. Like, I was watching that. You don't even see him come in. Like, usually Norm ambles in... You know, at his norm pace and so forth, and they greet him. But this is like he just charges in the door. There's no him entering and then running after Cliff. It's all one big motion. And it's probably the only time when he comes in by himself that he doesn't get the norm response. Mm, and it's yep. just like, yeah, there's no time for that because he comes in and he is like down the stairs on Cliff's heels in like like that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're, you know, running around the bar, and Cliff is screaming, and of course, of course, Carla puts her foot down and trips Cliff. <laughs> and he goes sliding, and they have to, like, hold him back. Oh. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, I've seen that clip tons of times, but just watching it again, I was like, wow, they're really moving fast for men of their size. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. So. Norm can move if he's really motivated. <laughs> yeah. He's got some quick speed there. He clearly can. I don't know how long he could do it, but he, he's quick in, in the moment. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then, uh, yeah, he's like, he's like, I let, he's like, I let, I'm the one who let you out of jail. He's like, I wouldn't have been in jail if it weren't for you. And mm-hmm. they have their whole fight and, and Cliff is, you know, he has to put his whole thing out there, which he, everybody knows, and he's done this before, about how much the post office and being a mail carrier is more than just his job. It's, it's his raison d'etre. It's everything. It's his whole thing. Right. And. Norm is like, all right, if you buy me a beer, and he's like, and you have to, whoa, how does he say it with your pants around with your, your ankles. pants around your ankles, and then standing on that stool, like on his stool, yeah, and then he adds the barking like a seal component, right, right, um, and all of this is set up for, uh, we go back to the front door, and a couple walks in just in time to see Cliff on the bar stool, <laughs> standing up, pants down, barking like a seal. And he has something in his nose too, like chopstick or something. Yeah, it like, like, out like of pencils or something coming down, <laughs> yeah. like, they're, like the walrus tusks or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and and the yeah, the man just says, you know, we can't. Let's not drink here. There's going to be a cover charge for entertainment or something. <laughs> right. Right. Oh, that's so funny. So and then yeah, and then they, that's the end of the episode. Um, uh, they, a couple of little no, like you know Cliffy's little known facts about this one. Um, I, I've mentioned it uh, before. Uh, Shelley Long is pregnant during the season. She and Rhea Perlman both got pregnant. Now, obviously, it was easier for the writers to write in that Carla got pregnant, so they addressed that. But throughout this season, the writers and the, the directors were trying to hide the fact that Shelley Long was pregnant. Um, so you see, like, her, her, she's wearing a lot more billowy clothes, and of course, in this one, mm-hmm. they keep her off screen for half of the episode and then she's just wearing you know a heavy winter jacket while she is there so it was much easier to hide the fact that she's pregnant yeah Um, there's one part when she's walking around the bar and they were filming at a lower angle for whatever reason and i think if you didn't know that shelly long was pregnant during that season you wouldn't necessarily think anything of it but knowing that i think if you're watching it it's 
I mean, maybe not the best disguise in the yeah. world. Yeah, they they were do they were like giving her more kind of loose fitting kind of billowy clothes to do things. Later on, they start showing her from much more like you know like mid level like shots, not as many wide yeah. shots. Or she's sitting behind the bar reading her book a lot, um, and then she'll 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 be out of it for a couple of episodes. Um, then the other kind of uh, little known fact thing on a much uh, more sad note: this was the last episode to air before Nick Calasanto died. Um, he okay. he died five days after this episode aired. Now he this is not the last episode that he's in, but he does mm-hmm. he appears in only two more episodes this season, mm-hmm. uh, I think. And he, he's not in the next one. He actually it uh, so yeah the order of production, the order that they made these episodes must have been a little bit jumbled from how they actually released them. Because I think he's gone for the next three episodes, and then he comes back, and then he's gone for a few more, and then he's only in the teaser of the of the last episode of the season. I was going to say, I remember that, that he was in the teaser of the last episode, because I yeah. think that was really appropriate as his, if he had to have a last moment, from what I recall of it. And I know right. you guys will talk about that. But um, I did have a note on his performance, and it was some of the things we haven't quite discussed yet. We did talk about the... <laughs> Um, the unanimous anonymous part, and that's going to be probably like, you know, a home run moment. So I won't say too much about that right now, but I liked, and I think it was very different presentation of coach, like his resoluteness and sort of remonstrating cliff throughout the episode, you know, at the beginning, he's very kind to him and wants someone to go and get him soup and is trying to take care of him and so forth. But then at one point, well, there's several points, but at one point he's like, you're wrong cliff and like, damn it, you know, you're wrong. Or he says something like that. And he even like hits the bar while he's saying it, you know, and he says, you've run your best friend norm up the river. I think it was a quote very similar to that. There are a few points in there when he's just very direct. He's not, you know, sort of the, I mean, <laughs> the anonymous part is a little bit befuddled. It's a little bit more sort of what we're used to from coach and it's a great part, but just, I think that his starkness and honesty with cliff is, I don't know. I, I like that. I like seeing that. And I actually, you know, if we have to have last moments with Nicholas Colasanto, I think those are really well suited because, I mean, I, I think they are for his character, but also like he doesn't look well in this episode at all. And he, you know, he looks, I, mean, I hate to carry on about it because, you know, he's still there and he's still an actor and that's not the point but of him it, being there yeah, to comment yeah. on his parents, but it's a much more severe and gaunt look than he's had previously. Mm-hmm. But there's something about his seriousness and the weight of that, I think, that's well suited to his character that having maybe like a more lighthearted, you know, coach moments would not have um, been as appropriate. So I thought that that actually went well with with his character and with the episode. And he's the dominant moral voice as well, which goes with that, too. Yeah, he is. He is uh, at least for the for being on screen. Yeah, because mm-hmm. uh, Diane's <laughs> Diane's moral voice <laughs> is more sort of ghostly and ethereal. Right, that's true. Night, yeah, um, which I'll, I'll, I do want to come back to that too. But yeah, you're right. And and I mean, it was like I know that he was trying to keep his condition secret from a lot of people, but it like they they noticed that he was he wasn't looking as well, and he wasn't able to memorize his lines as well mm-hmm. um, by this. Um, by this time, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna we're he, he doesn't have many more appearances, so we gotta treasure these yeah. ones. Um, uh, and we'll and we'll we'll get to that because I I did want to mention that anonymous thing, but uh, okay. 
Yeah, uh, so getting into the the superlative categories um, for Norm's tab, he only had two. Um, giving him one for the teaser and then one at the beginning of the episode when it first starts. He orders a beer at the end and, and Cliffy's going to get one. And I, 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 I paused and I looked very, very close to see if he had a beer in front of him in the last shot when Cliffy is standing on the stool, but they haven't poured him a beer and served him yet, so I didn't give him credit for that one, even okay. though he's asked for one. So I, I think that's him, fair. Yeah. I gave him credit for two beers this episode, which brings him to 249 for the series. So, um, for the employee of the week, I mean, it's a Cliff-driven episode. It's all about Cliff, and we get to see Cliff be funny and weasley, and you get to like Cliff, and you get to hate Cliff all at once. Um, the other characters all had good moments because it's chairs. They always have really good moments. Um, but I felt like this was most easily, like, this was about, this was a Cliff-centric episode, so I was comfortable giving him the employee of the week what about you who did you think i I agree with you i cliff is i don't know it's hard to have a a least favorite character on tears because they all contribute so much but he's definitely not one of my favorite characters but at the same time i think the way he carries an episode in that capacity yeah behaving as he did and carried it well would make him the employee of the week. Um, I think like to have a character that's the, so I feel like each of the characters has some major flaw, you know, like they're good people, but they have a major flaw. And to me, Cliff's is not that he's like this chatty, you know, know it all mailman that has all these trivia things. Like that's just, you know, a surface thing. I think that he could be really disloyal at times Mm -hmm. and very cowardly. (laughs) And, and yet he thinks He's all. There's like this insecurity of him thinking that he's being, you know, he's presenting them, himself as this heroic figure, but he also feels sorry for himself, like all this thing that he's had to do to get Norm out of jail, where it's just his cowardice that resulted in Norm staying in jail. But there is like a there's a pathos to it at the same time, you know, and it's like he recognizes how he is, and Norm recognizes how he is, and so that's, I think, because of Cliff, it becomes, I don't know, it's like a story about the, you know, almost like the deep flaws of a friendship right but that it's still a friendship in the end and i just think that i like that i mean it's supposed to be the character i know that's the you know employee of the week but i think that john ratzenberger did a good job allowing cliff to be you know unlikable but still a lovable character yeah yeah that's and that's probably the, one of the best ways I, i've heard it put um, you're right. As you were as you were describing, it, I was like, I, I think he's probably a character whose flaws outnumber his virtues. Yeah, um, pretty easily. I agree with you. But but because I mean, but part of that is just the, the the situation of of the comedy and the nature of the entertainment. He's still fun to watch. We still. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't want him to leave the show. I mean, he, he's an integral oh. part of it. You love him, but. By by that nature, he's never going to be. I don't think anybody's favorite character on the show. Like even even maybe John Ratzenberger. Um, right, like, right. like there's so many more characters who you envy or who are just more consistently funny and likable. Um, yeah, Cliff is just not never going to be that one because he's got so many like just things that are like, oh, shut up, Cliff. <laughs> or you yeah. just, like there are so many reasons to dislike him. But I would never want him. To be, yeah, I would never get rid of him. Oh no, never. And he makes the other character, or he's, I think he gives the other characters, 
their loyalty in a way. Yeah, yeah. Because it's easy to be friends with someone that's also a great friend back to you all the time. But especially Norm, but also Sam in this one, you know, kind of have, I think in general, they have a sense of loyalty in their friendships mm-hmm. overall. But in this one, like Sam, you know, is like vouching for Norm with the cop at the beginning before he knows what's happened. And of course, Norm, you know, is delivering the mail for him, forgives him in the end and so forth. So, I don't know. I mean, perhaps that's a positive thing about Cliff that he, in his, you know, negative aspects, allows other characters to shine in their positive aspects. Maybe I don't know. He's he's definitely interesting, and yeah, it would def it would be a loss if he were not there. Well, the next episode after this, he he make a, he makes amends for it um, by helping Sam out of a jam, and he, he definitely uh, he, he definitely puts in some extra work to to endear himself. So I'll, mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Um, for the home runs, for the funniest gags, uh, one of them that I had on my list that we've sort of been circling around, Cliff is telling them, the gang is like, okay, I'll, I'll call and I'll find out what it would be the punishment if I did have, you know, a civilian finish my route, but it's mm-hmm. got to be anonymous. And the coach <laughs> basically asks the entire bar, he's like, okay, who raise your hand if you think Cliffy should do it? And everybody raises his hand and he turns back to, Cl- to Cliff and he's like, okay, it's anonymous. <laughs> Right. Inverting the words anonymous and unanimous. Perfectly well done, but for for, uh, Coach. It is. But you know what? The other thing that I like about this, because it's it's great. It's a great wordplay, but he adds, like, not even one abstention. (laughs) So it's like he's not dumb. Like, he knows what he's talking about. He's just gotten those things switched in his head somehow. Exactly. Well, we already mentioned the study at the University of Michigan showing that yes. were 32% slower but better at customer relations, which I, whenever there's a study you know, mentioned, I enjoy that. And I, I almost think that half of what Cliff says is true, and then he just keeps talking, and it becomes not true. So it makes me wonder if there's something about that, that there was a study on chimps <laughs> delivering mail, maybe. So that was probably the part that I laughed the most at. Yeah. Um, let's see. I had, you know I, what? This is. Oh, go ahead. I, I was. Uh, I had a runner-up, um, mm-hmm. which actually it, it came up twice, and I just loved the effect that it had. Is f- something will be happening? People will be talking, and you'll just hear Diane commenting from the floor, and nobody <laughs> knows where that voice is coming from. She does it at one point where, like, Cliff is talking to somebody, and you just hear Diane going, "She's right, Clifford," Clifford. and you see Cliff like looking around, like, "What? <laughs> Who said, said that?" And he and then, looks up first. Yeah, and yeah. I, I want to say Norm might as well when she speaks at the end i know she Cliff, it, yeah, like, when, looks when norm heaven, comes back. Like, heavenward yeah her. she's trying to talk to norman he's like looking around and then sam has to point him to the vent and norman's yeah. like what the hell and sam's like don't ask don't ask yeah that yeah, was so a good i just like that they use they get away with that twice where she's like commenting and people are like who's talking where are you where are you yeah this, so this is not a moment i don't know if this is going to count as a home run because it's not a specific event but and it goes more toward the weather thing that I mentioned at the beginning. But I love that all of these customers are still coming into Cheers and they're staying despite how cold it is. <laughs> like, they could go to another bar that has heat, but they're not. They're like standing around and they're, and they're talking, they're rubbing their hands and like, you know, touching their hands to their cheeks to show how cold it is and are huddling together and so forth. But they're all staying there and they're all engaged in whatever's happening in the bar, whether that's whether or not Cliff you know, like the, the anonymous vote on Cliff calling you know, to see what his punishment would be or um, just like any, of, you know, any of the situations in the bar at the end when they're going to have Cliff, you know, when Norm says that Cliff has to stand on the stool and 
bark, bark like a seal. There are people that are like, oh, look at this, like turning each other around. I just, I don't know. I think that the the extras playing the bar regulars, you know, yeah. it's almost like a home run, like or, or whatever, you know, something a slow home run throughout the whole episode that all of those people are loyal to the bar mm-hmm. and stayed there, you know. Uh, the last one that I have that I just want to mention is we get a line from Al, and of course every time <laughs> Al speaks, it's precious. Yeah. Um, and we we don't set it up. Like Carla walks him over to where Diane is trapped in the floor, and he's like, "It's a one dollar," and she's like, "No, no, a happy hour. It's only fifty cents." And he pays her, and then he kind of leans over, and we just get this like shot from Diane's POV looking mm-hmm. up through this square in the vent, close up of Al's face, going, "Pucker up, baby." Right. And we just and hear he her sprays the like breast spray in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, he's got like he's got breath spray and everything, and yeah. and she screams, and Sam runs over and gets him, pushes him away, and everything gets her out of there. And yeah. I wondered like how like how you think about that because essentially like like I mean he was going to try and like kiss her an unsolicited mm-hmm. unwanted kiss, and we live in a day and age now that is. That is completely unacceptable. It shouldn't have been acceptable at the time, but it was done for humorous effect. And I think because it's so extreme, because Mm -hmm. Carla set this up. I was going to say, who set it up? Yeah. And And I don't mean because Carla's a woman, but just because Carla is going to do that. Right. And Al is game for whatever is going on, you know, so. Right. And because it's Al, because it's it's like Al, this this old man. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I think... Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, nope, that's not acceptable behavior, but phew, that was, it was it was good. It was funny. It's funny. I mean, this is the thing, too. It's like, I don't, I, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like Diane would be under threat. I think, you know, she when she, like, calls, or what is it, when, oh, when Sam says the thing about, like, you know, he's teasing her. He's like, you should confess your love for me now in case we don't get you out of there, essentially. And she's like, she's like you're right, and starts to kind of whisper, and he leans over not thinking that she's going to do something to him and she grabs his ear and so forth. It's like Diane could take care of Al. <laughs> yeah, this is not going to be an issue of threat. It's an issue of offense maybe, but right. certainly not threat. So, right. But yeah. So, all right. Well, and uh, then Sam comes in and puts him back on his bar stool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any final thoughts about the mail goes to jail? I, again, I mean, I always go back to the sort of the weather, you know, thing. I, one thing I thought was like a theme through the episode was and I tend to tend to find this in David Lloyd episodes. I think there's like something, whether he intends it or not, there's some sort of through line, you know, connecting the stories, but all of like, there are a lot of people, I was gonna say all of them, but at least a lot of people are trapped. Like Diane is trapped in the floor. Norm is in jail and can't get out. You know, like you say, Cliff sort of metaphorically is trapped in this. Like, right. Yeah. He's, he's in, he's in the, yeah, the dilemma. Yeah. And in his identity, like he has nothing else. He basically says he has nothing else except being a postman. Like that's it. Um, and even Sam and Bambi are like, they say they're trapped in the ski lodge when their skis are stolen. So there's just whole, this whole thing about like these things that have come up because of the snow. So that was a, a thing that I, I enjoyed thinking about how all of those things went together. Maybe. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. cool. Um, so I think that's it. All right. Well, Marlene, thank you again for being on the show. Where else can people find you if they want to hear more from you? Oh, I, well, I'm on Facebook, Marlene Stemmy. I'm on Twitter, also Marlene Stemmy. I'm also part of an X Files podcast that is on the We Made This Podcast Network, and the name of that podcast is the X Cast. 
All right. Well, uh, thank you to all of you out there who listen to Cheerscast and support the show by liking and sharing on Facebook, favoriting and retweeting on Twitter, and leaving a comment on the website, fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also support the Fire and Water Podcast Network on Patreon. Special thanks to Mike Gillis from Radio vs. the Martians, Rick from Jeff and Rick Presents Unpacking the Power of the Power Pack, and Ashford Wright from the Right On Network who sponsor this show. For more information on how you can support your favorite show on the Fire and Water Network, visit patreon.com slash fwpodcasts. Thanks everyone for listening, and until next time, we're closed. Look, I wish you'd see this through my eyes. I'd like to see this through your eyes. Oh, come on, Carla. Now I'm such a sweet, cuddly guy. You know, the jury will take one look into his sad eyes and there's no way they're going to fry him. Whereas my whole career could hang in a balance. I'd like to see you hang in a balance. Yeah, I know it's a certain reoccurring theme in your comments here, Carla. Look, Norm was doing you a favor. You don't even know if you were going to get into trouble, Cliffy. Come on, will you get off my back? All right, look, if this is what I got to do, I'll, I'll do the gutsy thing and call the post office and get an arm out of there. I'll just call him and uh, tell him it was the O'Hara kid. Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't mind spending some time in jail if you get my drift. Hey, 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 where's your sense of humor? If Norm was here, he'd be laughing. If Norm was here, he'd be tearing out your tonsils and feeding them to you. Well, you're laughing. Yeah, all right, look, I'll call and see what the penalty is, but it's got to be anonymous. Okay, everybody in favor of Cliff calling, raise your hand. It's anonymous. (laughs) Not even an extension.